Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. I am Jason. Hello, and thanks for joining us. And I am John. And, and just to give viewers an update, I did procure one of the Military Appreciation Night jerseys. I got Brock Bremers. His patch is the United States Space Force, which I'm very excited about because I told Bridge, I'm like, I want the newest branch of the military just because it'd be super unique. A lot of the guys that I saw on the ice were wearing the United States Navy, the Army, uh, and the Marines. But it was very, very cool to be able to get one. As you know, Jason, because you were texting back and forth with us, it was nip and tuck there for a while. A number of those jerseys were going up, and it seemed like you'd bid on a jersey, and then boom, 30 seconds later, there would be a flurry of bids on it. So there were a bunch of people just sitting there watching how this was going. So we got the Brock Bremer jersey in the end. I'm very excited. He's one of our favorite players. He's my nephew Blaze's favorite player. So very excited to get this jersey. And I had to wear it on the podcast today for everybody. We need to talk about this series that UNO had out at Miami. They're all key series the rest of the way. We were worried about this series going in because Miami has been a team the past few seasons that we have struggled with, despite the fact that uh, Miami has been a perennial fixture uh, in the basement of the NCHC. They have had a tough time competing since the formation of this conference. I did not know um, how this was going to go, and there was no scoring in that first period on Friday night, Jason. We played pretty well that first period. Uh, it was kind of unfortunate that we just couldn't couldn't find a way to capitalize on anything. 13-28 in the second, Johnny Tyconic gets the scoring started. He was your player of the week on last week's uh, episode of the Mav Puttcast. Uh, assists from Bremer and Gavin. What did you think about UNO's play at that point? That was a really interesting second period. I remember you uh, texted me about that. What did you think about uh, their position at that point in the game? Uh, we didn't play as well as we did in the first. So I was pretty worried, even though, you know, you feel a little better having, having the only goal at that point in time. But, you know, Miami was starting to skate better. They were starting to get more chances. Uh, they were starting to force UNO outside on a lot of things. And some of our opportunities just near misses and stuff. You start thinking, like, maybe the hockey gods are not on our favor this weekend. You know, all the hype about can we secure home ice this weekend, you know, just needing two regulation wins would have done it. And so, yeah, I was, I was kind of a little worried. The guys might be gripping their sticks a little tight. They're focused in other places, um, you know, rightfully so, which I know we'll talk about in a, a little bit here on the podcast, but I felt a lot better after our power play goal in the first, uh, that first 10 minutes, that first half of the third period. Like you said, Matt Miller, uh, 648 mark in the third period puts UNO up two to nothing. And that was a really good, yeah, really good position for UNO uh, to be in at that point. I got to be honest with you, Matt Miller's goal, Tyler Weiss again does a lot of the heavy lifting on that goal. He put the shot in, and like Tyler does a lot of times, he'll fire that thing in and then they'll tell us that somebody got their blade on it. And I'm like, I still didn't see it. Uh, Tyler definitely did the heavy lifting on that. But, you know, Miami wasn't out of it yet. And Matthew Barbellini, uh, their talented forward, who we uh, mentioned as a player to watch on last week's podcast, gets a goal for uh, the Red Hawks at 16.03 uh, in the third period. 
Uh, so it was two to one at that point, and anything's possible that late down the stretch. You don't know what's going to happen. You would hate to see Miami tie it up. They tried. They pulled their goaltender to see if they could uh, if they could get the equalizer late. But uh, Cam Berg gets what Jason refers to as the State Farm goal. He gets the insurance goal uh, with an assist from Nolan Sullivan, and UNO wins that Friday game three to one. How did you feel about UNO in that position? getting the three to one win, getting off to a good start in Oxford, Ohio. Luckily through the, the course of the day, it ended up being a huge three points for us and, and put us in a spot where it was kind of a race with two teams to see if we could get that extra point and secure that home ice on Saturday, you know, especially with the travel and everything, uh, the weird penalties in that game. I, I still, the, the officiating in the NCHC, like, it's not always a problem with the calls that they make. It's kind of like, why are you calling that all of a sudden now? Like you haven't called that all game, you know, or you didn't call that like three times and now you call that like, it's, yeah. it's just odd. And, you know, even after like, after that power play goal for Miami, I was thinking like, Oh dear God. I mean, four minutes left. There's plenty of opportunities for the refs to step in and say, we want to give Miami one more. You'd already made what 12 calls at that point in time, I think. So they were they were pretty active on Friday, and that that just never you know makes me feel good. The empty net goal, that insurance goal, certainly helps. Uh, what less than a, I think it was less than a minute left, and and that after we got that one, so having a two goal lead with with under a minute, you're in a pretty good position there. Um, I was worried coming into Saturday, like I was worried if they'd let up, uh, if if UNO wouldn't play as sharp, thinking that they've kind of accomplished their goal or something when they hadn't. So I certainly was a little worried going into Saturday. What were you thinking heading into Saturday's game? Yeah, I was concerned going into the Saturday game. As you mentioned, some of those ticky-tack penalties on Friday night are obviously a concern to the players and to the fans and to the coaches because uh, Coach Gabinette was talking about that uh, during the pregame uh, radio broadcast on Saturday night. Uh, there was not a lot of flow uh, during that Friday night game, so I didn't know what was going to happen. It was very surprising to see Jake Kuharski in net on Saturday night, uh, kind of reversing the rotation. Normally you have Kuharski on Friday night when they do the rotation and uh, Simon Lacozzi on Saturday night. Michael Sharp called that in the comments section on uh, YouTube. So he was onto that idea. I thought it was a good idea for both of the goaltenders uh, to get some playing time uh, during this series uh, as we're on the stretch run. But Miami goes up two to nothing in the game. Uh, they get the scoring started at 1554 in the first period. And then uh, 129 into the second period, Robbie Danzer puts up the second goal for Miami. How did you feel about our chances being down two to nothing early in that second period? It almost felt like the hockey guys weren't against us. You know, it was my concern on Friday was that things wouldn't go our way. And it seemed like Saturday, just things weren't going our way. I mean, normally if I'm sitting there going, you've put up 15 plus shots in two periods, like I feel pretty strong about your odds of winning a game, but it just seemed like things were not going our way. And you really felt the pressure after that second goal, especially that quick into the second period. You really felt like there's a lot of hockey left, but you have to get the next one. You have to get that first goal before Miami gets to three because, you know, the way things are going and stuff, they would probably just lock it down. They are already playing a little tight uh, to try to prevent Omaha's opportunities and stuff. We just needed the puck to bounce our way here and there. and We would have been okay. 
Jake Pavanka gets the scoring started for UNO. It was a shorthanded goal. Berg had the assist. Berg created a, a turnover in our defensive zone, and he raced back into our offensive zone, uh, dishes the puck to Jake Pavanka. So UNO leaves the second period down 2-1, to one, but a much better position for them to be in going into the third, uh, not being down uh, two goals to Miami. And uh, relatively late in the third period, at the 15-59 mark in the third period, Nolan Sullivan uh, gets a beautiful wraparound goal. Great to see Sully get that. You like to see the veterans performing. Uh, and certainly during the Saturday night game, the uh, veterans came up big for UNO. And the game was going to overtime. Jason, what did you think about another game going to overtime? Uh, we saw that last weekend, uh, two overtime games against Colorado College. Uh, I'm always a little bit disappointed going to overtime because uh, you can't get the full three points. And uh, we knew going into this game, Jason, that if UNO got the win in regulation, if they got three points, they would clinch home ice. I know some of the other NCHC fans were teasing us about getting excited about home ice in the NCHC playoffs, but it's been eight years since we've had it. So we wanted to tap in. But what do you think going into that OT period? Well, I like their momentum coming off that Sullivan goal. You know, I think that the shorthanded goal near the end of the second period really gave us some momentum going into the third. And I think the same way with the third period goal, being able to level that up. Generally speaking in hockey, whoever scores the, the tying goal, I usually feel like they've got the best opportunity to kind of put it away uh, in overtime. And, you know, at that point in time, from a UNO perspective, like you already know that you're out. Like you already know that your ability to control your own destiny and, and, you know, secure home ice was gone. Like there's still a chance with the way other things go. But at that point in time, you know, whether it's one point or whether it's two, probably not going to make a huge amount of difference. You're, you've got to be anticipating that you're still going to have to find uh, a couple points here or there or something in the last two series of the, of the season. You know, but lucky for us, it's a, it's a really short overtime worth of about one shot. And, uh, you know, just like we, we talked about on the power play before, I felt like it was really Ty Mueller just grabbing the buck saying we're, we're ending this. And, you know, he makes a good net front move and Randall finds a loose puck and, and dunks it in. And I know there was a lot of confusion uh, from the announcers about whether or not Mueller's shot goes in because my guess is having not seen a, a behind the angle, but I'm pretty sure what happened is, is it went off the post and the ref waved it off saying that's no goal because it's off the post. But then Randall was perfect position just to pick up the rebound and the goalie had slid so far out trying to cover there that he could have coughed on the puck and it probably would have squirted over the line. And uh, UNO wins in what, 18 seconds, I think. Yeah, 18 seconds into that overtime period. Uh, it was great that Jack Randall was able to uh, clean up that rebound uh, and get the goal for UNO. So UNO gets two points in that Saturday game. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, just a shout out to uh, Miami's Ludwig Pearson, who we saw uh, in net on Saturday night. I thought we might see him both nights this weekend. Uh, he faced 52 shots from UNO and he stopped 49 shots. Uh, a really good series for UNO, uh, winning in regulation on Friday nights, getting the win in overtime on Saturday night. They get five of six points out of the weekend and UNO did clinch home ice with some help from some of the other teams. And I will tell you right now, 
Jason, I am not going into all of the things that had to happen for us to clinch a home ice spot in the NCHC playoffs, but let's just say they got it done. Jason, what do you think about UNO clinching home ice in the NCHC playoffs? What do you think about our position right now in the conference standings? UNO is currently sitting in third place at 38 points. We are one point behind Western Michigan, who is in second with 39 points, and Denver is in first place with 44 points. So uh, with two series left to go, UNO is six points out of first place in the conference standings, and it's one of those moments where I'm not going to look back, but boy, you look back at the Colorado College Series and some of the other opportunities to get points, and you're like, wow, we could be right up there, right up there close in that hunt. Uh, to win the regular season uh, championship uh, in the NCHC, but considering uh, where we were picked going into this season, I you know I can't complain about where we're at. What do you think about UNO's positioning at this point? I think I think it's great that they get the the home ice. You know, we said it in an interview after one of the wins. Uh, well, I think it was it was the first game last week in the sellout game that they interviewed him, and he had said, you know how much they appreciated the fans and the loudness and the, the energy that the fans bring and, you know, having that sellout crowd and stuff. And so to be able to, to be able to say like, we're going to go into playoff hockey with that on our side, I think is, uh, is a great thing. I I hope the guys are really excited to play a, a home hockey game, but I think the team needs to be preaching. The coaching staff needs to be preaching that this is not, you know, mission accomplished. The job is not done. You know, this team is outperforming what most people thought that they could do. And they need to ride this as, as high as that will take them. They need to, to buckle down and say like, legitimately, you know, we talked about it after the Cairo college series of like, I didn't feel like losing to Cairo college, not getting three points against them and stuff you know, losing both games in Cairo College uh, at Cairo Springs. Like, I didn't think that was going to be the thing that prevented us from home ice, but I did feel like it was where we are. Like, if it wasn't for one of those games, we would be sitting in second. We would be, you know, within an arm's range. Denver doesn't have an easy schedule. They've got Western Michigan. So we know that we know that we won't be first after next weekend. There's a lot of opportunities that, that were kind of missed with those types of things. So hopefully the guys stay focused. Uh, can you continue through? I'm curious what you think about potential matchups coming in. Right now, we would get North Dakota to finish the season up in North Dakota, and we'd have to turn around and come back here and play North Dakota again here in Omaha. Uh, I know that's not high on my list of things I want right now, but what do you think about potential matchups? When it comes to Omaha's matchup, because that's who we're most concerned about, I think the two teams I'm most worried about coming in are Minnesota Duluth, and North Dakota. And I I don't know if you agree with that or not. I know people would look at Colorado College and say, well, John, we struggled with Colorado College. We only got three of 12 points in conference play against them this season. So maybe that's the team we'd be more concerned about. But I think I would rather play them in the first round of the NCHC playoffs as opposed to North Dakota or Duluth. Because even though those two programs have been down this season, they're both programs uh, that have a lot of talented recruits and they're both perennial contenders to make the NCAA tournament and get to the Frozen Four each season. So I, those are the two teams I'm a little bit uh, 
wary about playing uh, in the NCHC playoffs. What do you think? Who are you concerned about playing or who would you like to see in the NCHC playoffs? I'm, I'm saying that Denver is probably going to win. If Denver doesn't, I think Western Michigan is, is in prime because that means in order for Western Michigan to, to overtake Denver and be in the top spot, like they've, they pretty much have to almost run the table. So I could see Denver turning it on and us getting to second. And then, you know, right now playing Carroll college, I don't want, I'm with you. Like I don't want North Dakota because like, I just don't want to see it anymore. It's not interesting. Duluth is always the challenge. I actually like our play against Duluth. I would not mind seeing Duluth. I know the concern with them has been their history. Uh, I know they've gone on tears where they've just been up and down and then suddenly playoffs start and all of a sudden it's it's like, where was this team all season? Um, so there is that concern, but I like the way we match up against them. Uh, Carroll College, I don't know. There's the redemption factor that you have to put in there. I think the guys want to see them because they want to they want to show that we can beat Cairo College, you know, because of the the struggles that we've had. Uh, for me, it's for me, it's still Duluth and North Dakota, in particular North Dakota, because we finish the season with North Dakota every year, so we will be playing in Grand Forks uh, here in a couple of weeks. So I'd hate to go on the road to North Dakota and then have North Dakota come to Omaha the following weekend. I just I think that there are too many unpredictable variables with that. And when you're a North Dakota team that, uh, that has its collective back against the wall, uh, who knows how they're going to play uh, once uh, the playoffs roll around. Sometimes, as you mentioned with Duluth, sometimes uh, teams rise to the occasion uh, when the postseason uh, comes around and uh, your season uh, potentially could come to an end if you don't perform. So it'll be interesting to see. And I know fans are going to be excited to watch how this uh, develops down the stretch. Uh, it should be fascinating. I'm excited. I'm excited that we got home ice, but we need to talk about our players of the week for this Miami series, Jason. A lot of interesting possibilities to choose from. Who did you like as your player of the week? Yeah, there's a there's a couple guys I had in mind that I thought played, you know, really well in Miami that that you could easily pick as your your player of the weekend. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Cameron Berg out there as as the first one. Uh, I didn't think he had the best game Friday. I thought it was it was good but not great kind of situation on Friday. But I really felt Saturday he turned it on, and it—I mean—it shows on the score sheet uh, for sure. With what do you have? Two, yeah, two assists there, and then he has the empty net goal on Friday. Um, but even you know beyond that, like he's in a good position; he's getting opportunities. Uh, I swear, Saturday he could have had two or three goals. It seemed like uh, you know just banned on some opportunities, missed some some nets and stuff like that, but. Um, I've liked his play. He seems to be turning it on. Need him to finish a little bit more. If he starts putting that puck in net, uh, a lot of teams are going to have a problem with Omaha because you can't tee up on Cameron Berg if you've got Weiss on one line and Mueller on a different line. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, I thought he had a good weekend for UNO and certainly uh, uh, the work he did to uh, set up that uh, shorthanded goal by Pavanka was really, really important, really key for UNO on Saturday night. He has eight goals and 11 assists on this season. I like uh, that pick of Cam Berg. Good 
pick. Um, the guy I've got to go with was your player pick last week. It was uh, Johnny Tyconic had uh, a goal and two assists this weekend. So, uh, so he performed very, very well. Eight goals, 16 assists this season. Uh, it's really good to see your veterans performing well. And certainly guys like Tyconic, Nolan Sullivan, who had that uh, great wraparound goal on Saturday. It's good to see the veterans perform because this time of year, when you start to get down to crunch time in the regular season and you start to talk about the postseason playoffs and uh, NCAA tournament appearances, potentially you need those players to step up. So, uh, so yeah, a good weekend for the Mavericks, good weekend for our veterans, good weekend for Cameron Berg, great pick Jason. So Jason, we had some sad news uh, in the world of UNO hockey this week uh, on February uh, 15th, assistant coach Paul Gerard died. Uh, he was battling uh, cancer. We have not lost uh, a coach uh, when you look back at the last 26 years of this program. So you and I uh, and Bridget Jolene had a chance to meet Coach Gerard during the 2018-19 season at a dinner with the Mavs event. It was great to get to talk to him about his time playing and coaching uh, up at Lake Superior State. That's a program that I've always been fascinated with since, uh, since our CCHA days. A really a terrific individual. Uh, the outpouring of support on social media for Coach Gerard has just been phenomenal. Terry Leahy said uh, during the pregame uh, of both radio broadcasts this weekend that Coach Gerard uh, had been working behind the scenes with the team uh, throughout the first uh, part of the season. But uh, Jason, your thoughts uh, on Coach Gerard's uh, passing this week? It's It's got to be tough on the guys, you know. It's just, you know, he's, it's so new. It's so fresh. It's, you know, he was so young when it comes to coaching comes to hockey and stuff. And, and so it's just, it's, a, it's a different hurt. And, you know, we talked in the, the lead into the Miami series about what the team was dealing with, you know, they found out about this, if not while on the trip to Oxford, you know, very shortly before. And I'm sure that, that no matter what they did routine wise and prep wise and trying to get back to the business at hand, that is, you know, you have a game to play that had to be on their minds on Friday. I will say that I've been shocked to see how deep this has cut the hockey community as a whole. You know, you expect this to be something that UNO mentions that, that the community here mentions that, um, Lake Superior State mentions, uh, like those are the teams that I would expect it from, right? That, that makes sense. There's a connection there. Those are the ones that would do, you know, moments of silence, things on social media, stuff like that. Like, like I was watching the Avs game on, uh, on Saturday and they did a moment of silence for Paul Gerard. And I'm thinking like, as an Omaha hockey fan, like that's awesome. I'm just like, I'm just shocked that, that it really, there's just so many people connected to it. Um, and everyone has great things to say about him. He's, it, it really sucks losing him. It's just, it really, really does. Yeah. 
57 years old. Uh, as somebody who turned 50 this last fall, it's a sobering reality. Uh, so far too young, uh, extensive playing and coaching experience. Uh, he coached for more than 25 years. Uh, the two seasons uh, leading up to uh, him joining uh, the UNO staff, he was an assistant coach with the Calgary Flames. But Jason and I would like to uh, take a moment and observe a moment of silence for Paul Gerard. So before we get to our discussion of UNO's next series against St. Cloud State, uh, we've got to give our fans some information on the NCHC playoffs. Uh, we've been getting that NCHC playoff ticket credit on our ticket invoices for several years now, Jason. Um, it's weird using it. You know, it's weird uh, finally being able to use that playoff ticket credit. I don't know that I'll even notice it this year. It's going to be next fall when I renew my season tickets that I'll be like, hey, wait a minute. Why is it more expensive this year? For season ticket holders, the uh, home ice playoff season tickets are in your MyMavs account. You can log in and either print out the tickets or you can add them uh, to your phones. Uh, if you use an iPhone, you can add those to your wallet app. Uh, for those who receive printed tickets who don't handle their tickets digitally uh, on the OMAVs website, uh, printed tickets will be available for pickup Tuesday, February 21st at 10 a.m. Fans who uh, are not season ticket holders who want to buy tickets can also pick up those single game tickets uh, Tuesday, February 21st, 10 a.m. at the Baxter Arena box office. We don't know what the story is on students yet, so we will let you know on uh, social media, on uh, Twitter and Facebook this week when we learn more about what the scoop is. I, I don't know if they get into games for the playoffs for free. I know they do during the regular season. We'll have to see. Maybe UNO will uh, bite the bullet and pay for them uh, to get into those games for free. We'll just have to see. Jason, are you excited about home playoffs are you excited to be able to finally finally use that season uh, ticket credit i suspect that that there's going to be a lot more fans that are more excited about this than i will be uh i have the we'll call it the unfortunate opportunity of i've been through these things before like i've seen playoff hockey i've seen nhl playoff hockey i've seen college playoff hockey so I know what it's like. I know what it's like. And I can tell you right now, if you've never seen playoff hockey, if you've never seen postseason hockey, whether that's NHL or AHL or college hockey or whatever, like it is an insane experience. I, I expect it to be loud and raucous and just it, it'll be it'll be a party and you will not want to miss this. And, you know, John, to your point earlier about talking about North Dakota possibly coming here and having to play them at Baxter as our, our first round opponent there. The solution is very simple. Buy your tickets, come to the game. We don't have to leave Baxter three quarters empty for North Dakota fans to come down and, and, and scoop up tickets. Uh, if, you've, if you don't want to miss this, don't. Go buy your tickets. Get them early. I fully expect since we were able to sell out Cairo College that the university staff, the, the Baxter Arena staff, they're going to find a way to get these playoff games sold out. So 
you might miss out if you wait too long, uh, thinking that tickets will just be available day of types of things. So definitely get your tickets early. Make sure you seat, sit where you want to sit and, and let's pack Baxter for, for some playoff hockey. Well, and one of the things I'll add is that the players could really use your support during these playoff games. Uh, certainly, UNO had quite a bit of success back in the CCHA days with home playoff hockey, and there were a number of very, very entertaining games uh, that we'll have to talk about uh, sometime on this podcast uh, back during those years for UNO. But during their tenure in the WCHA and their tenure in the NCHC, when they have had home playoffs, they've struggled in those games. UNO did not get to the WCHA Final Five, and they are the only team in the NCHC that has not made it uh, to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. They could use your support, and like Jason said, if it turns into a situation where we end up playing North Dakota in that first round, you don't want to have a bunch of fans from up in Grand Forks roll into Omaha for that series uh, and be a factor. So, uh, so yeah, February 21st will be the day for those of you who don't have season tickets to be able to go and buy your single game tickets for the first round of the NCHC playoffs at Baxter Arena should be great. But before then, we can't look ahead because there's a lot of hockey left to be played, points that are on the line, and uh, some potentially interesting positioning opportunities for UNO as a top four seed in the conference race. This is our first series against St. Cloud this season. Seems kind of crazy. Bridget and I have uh, made trips uh, to St. Cloud State uh, to watch the Mavs play on three occasions. It is a wonderful trip. Uh, I wish they had uh, traveled there this season because Bridget and I uh, were thinking about uh, going before we knew what the schedule was going to be for this season. Uh, St. Cloud is 18-9-3 overall. They are 10-7-3 in NCHC play. Uh, They were just in Grand Forks. Uh, They played an entertaining series against North Dakota at the Ralph. Both of those games were overtime. They lost on Friday uh, in the three-on-three OT period to North Dakota. And then they won the extra conference points uh, in a shootout on Saturday. It was their fourth consecutive overtime game. They had played Miami uh, in two overtime games in St. Cloud uh, the week before. So they're always uh, an interesting matchup. Uh, And when we look at other teams in the conference, they're one of my uh, favorite teams uh, to watch outside of UNO. Uh, Players to watch, certainly senior forward Yami Kronola has 19 goals and seven assists on this season. He had three goals in the series at North Dakota. Terrific player. Uh, I've enjoyed watching him over the years in NCHC play. Uh, Forward Zach Okabe has 15 goals and five assists. And then Grant Cruikshank a name that uh, fans were familiar with when he played at Colorado College, has 17 goals, 10 assists for the Huskies this season. And in nets, two goaltenders uh, share time. Dominic Bassey, who transferred in from Colorado College, has performed really, really well uh, for St. Cloud State. And then Jackson Castor uh, has performed well for them. So this is going to be potentially a very interesting series for UNO. Um, Brett Larson always has the Huskies uh, ready to play when they come in. What do you think is going to happen 
in this series, Jason, what is your prediction for the St. Cloud State series? The tough series for UNO because UNO doesn't have as much to play for. Uh, St. Cloud's looking at Duluth on their heels. The last thing that they want is to go into that last series of the of the week. I mean, granted, they get Duluth at home, but still, like, you don't want to be going into that going, you know, we have to sweep Duluth to keep home ice. And that that's the situation that they could be in, is they literally could be, if Omaha sweeps them, they could be in a situation where anything less than perfection on that weekend and Duluth leapfrogs them and they end up playing fifth. Um, so I think they're going to be more motivated than UNO. I don't know if that necessarily matters, but um, if you ask me what I think is going to happen, they haven't been playing well. I think they're going to kind of pull it together. They're going to find a way to win on Friday, uh, but I think UNO takes the Saturday game and we end up with a split on the weekend. Um, the biggest thing is just for UNO to come out and say, we're, we're taking our destiny into our own hands. You know, we're going to put together, you know, an unbelievable effort. And even if we lose, like, don't, don't get blown out kind of thing on Friday. Um, but I, I think that on paper, I like UNO better, you know, uh, St. Cloud is a little bit stacked top heavy. Um, they rely fairly heavily on the, on the guys that you mentioned and their goaltenders being strong. Um, both of them are pitching two GAAs, you know, over 900 save percentages. So those are, those are neither goalie is going to give you, uh, easy opportunities. You have to earn every ounce of it. And we need to go into it knowing that we're going to earn every ounce of it. As you alluded to, my concern is that now that they've clinched home ice, what is that going to mean for uh, their compete level, these next two series? You know, sometimes when teams have the immediate goal of getting home ice and then they clinch it, sometimes you can see a little bit of a drop off in performance. And that's the thing that I'm most worried about these next two series. I, I do wonder if the coaching staff will try and mix up lines, get some of the guys down roster on the depth chart, get them a little bit more playing time to prepare for postseason play. It's, it's kind of a crapshoot at this point. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. And as you mentioned, St. Cloud is still fighting for home ice, uh, being a couple points behind us and, uh, and being uh, currently 10 points ahead of Minnesota Duluth, I'm going to pick um, a split for UNO. I think we lose on Friday night, and I think we win on Saturday night. And the main reason I'm saying that is I just don't know what the team's focus is going to be. Is the team going to you know keep on the accelerator, push forward, and try to get as many wins and finish as high as they can in the NCHC season? Or is home ice going to be enough for this team. We just don't know. We'll have to see the next two weekends. I just don't want to play North Dakota in the first round of the NCHC playoffs, Jason, because that could be, boy, that could be a rough matchup. The last time uh, we had home playoffs uh, in 2015, we lost that series. Uh, It was not a fun experience uh, at the CenturyLink Center for those games. So I'm going with a split, staying conservative. It's a good St. Cloud team. In the meantime, be sure to follow Mavpuck on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram. You can find links to those uh, social channels at mavpuck.com. You can also find back episodes of this podcast, which we encourage you to watch, encourage you to listen to, like, and subscribe, because that definitely helps the algorithm. Uh, Should be an exciting weekend coming up at Baxter Arena. We hope to see a lot of you out there for the St. Cloud Series. Both games start at 7.07 p.m. Omaha time. Uh, If you're coming out to Baxter Arena, if you're not, you can watch those games on NCHC TV. So until the uh, next episode, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.